Hello and welcome to the AJ on the Line podcast. This is your United States Grand Prix race review in which we will discuss Max Verstappen extending his championship lead, the return of the pit walk, a right nail biter down to the end of the race, and much more. My name is Adam, I am your host, and as ever, we are joined by our guests that we love hearing from so much. That is, of course, Joe and Jimmy. They're F1 analysts, and they know what they're talking about, and they're here today. How was the US Grand Prix for both of you? We'll start with you, Jimmy. Great, yeah. Um, I love the the US Grand Prix. Um, I think it's a brilliant track. Um, it's a shame we haven't been there for two years, but it was great to be back. Um, and it looks like, uh, as Hamilton said, we've been accepted in America, Formula One, as a sport, which is also great to see. So, yeah, really good race it as well. It felt like a breakthrough, didn't it? It did, yeah. Maybe it's pent-up demand from coronavirus. But, yeah, um, hopefully it'll keep going. It's the Netflix effect, isn't it? that has happened in that last two years a 51 percent increase in the fans going from like 250,000 to 400,000 that's over the weekend mighty yeah incredible yeah and Miami next year as well so that'll be good it's only going to get better although it must be said there were a lot of Mexican fans there yeah you could all you could hear at the end of qualifying the race was Checo Checo I'm not going to get into chanting again like I did last episode. Where is Texas? I know that's a silly thing to say. I know it's in America. James, but how <laughs> do you not know where Texas is? I do know where it is roughly. It's I'm the, just thinking, it's is the it near big, Mexico? Yes, it's got or... a border with Mexico. Oh, see, that makes sense then, doesn't it's it? It's the deep south. Yeah. Oh, see, yeah. Great place to go. But, Great place to go. But the problem that still annoys me, and someone said it um, on Sunday on the race show, Mexico is not in South America. It's in Central Latin America, America. But it's in North America. Or North. So Mexico no, is North yeah, America. Yeah, it's North, North America. It? it? is North. Yeah. yeah. Why, why can't people understand that? And why can't people understand that Africa isn't a country? <laughs> it's people like you, um, Jimmy, that make yeah. me sick. <laughs> Sorry. No worries I mean, at all. It's, it's, been, it's been difficult, me trying to keep that away but it's been building up for a while and i had to let it out (laughs) joe how did you enjoy the american the united states the u.s grand prix however you want to call it yeah it was really good it's uh it's a shame it didn't quite build like get the payoff that the build-up deserved or maybe it did i don't know maybe sometimes the car in front you know it felt like kind of the like the next in the saga so you had you had spain then france and then uh the u.s grand prix of these strategy races where one car's nursing its tires and can it hold on and this is the first time that it did hold on so yeah it was it was kind of the same strategy as in bahrain Mm -hmm. back in the first race but i see where you're coming from and wasn't it great that the fans who were there clearly understood the strategy because it may be more difficult to explain to an audience, yeah, that's why Verstappen's come out ahead because he pitted earlier for that fresh rubber. Mm-hmm. But it's great that people are really getting into it um, and and diving deep. And that's one of the reasons why we're here on AJ on the Line. We're trying to make it more accessible. Let's talk about our race ratings, though, because... 
These are always a controversial moment. Joe, we'll begin with you. What are we going to give it out of ten? Ooh, seven or eight. So uh, can I go seven and a half? That would be perfect. I feel you can like indeed. I feel like it's it's not quite in that top tier, but it was a thoroughly entertaining watch. It was a nail biter, as I said. Yeah, yeah. And we'll get more into it, but first, Jimmy is going to tell us what he rates this race out of ten. I would say an eight. Um, I think it was a great race, really interesting, strategic uh, race. Um, it probably would have been 10 if Lewis won and passed <laughs> Verstappen. Very uh, objective of you. I know, exactly, yeah. Um, but yeah, but eight, because, you know, I'm a Hamilton fanboy. He might have a point, you know, though, Joe, because imagine how exciting that would have been if Hamilton had at least gone for an overtake in the last lap. It would have blown the roof off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would have. It would have. It would have made it more exciting if he'd have managed to get. Uh, if he'd managed to get alongside. But you know, sometimes you know it's more. You know, you can't have the car behind getting in front every time, like they did in France and Spain. So yeah. But what about that Mercedes pace compared to Red Bull? We thought Mercedes were going to be ahead, and then Red Bull just seemed to find a new gear. Yeah, um, not literally. When it came into Saturday and Sunday, after Mercedes was so dominant, almost deceivingly dominant yep. in qualifying, weren't they? You mean practice? But yeah, um, yeah, it was. Uh, it was almost like they got Mercedes did um, <laughs> Mercedes um, because you know we you know we've always seen sort of one team oh they're looking good on a friday particularly i remember like ferrari in 2019 it's mm-hmm. like oh maybe ferrari have found the gains and they've got that oh wait no it's qualifying and they've turned it up and so yeah red bull really did pull a blinder i think it's a critical moment in the championship because we're heading into mexico and brazil where red bull have a good history which is funny to say, really, given how young the team is mm-hmm. as a Red Bull. Yeah. But they are good there. They're expected to win. Mm-hmm. And now they've got a 12-point lead for Verstappen. They are behind Mercedes in the Constructors' Championship, though. But let's talk about the biggest winners. I would say Red Bull, for the reasons that I have just said. Um, but also because Sergio Perez, despite not feeling well, he's starting to deliver as that second driver and we've Mm -hmm. been saying that whoever's second driver performs is going to be just as important in defining who's champion as the number one driver so the fact that Perez is performing yes he's got a lot of Mexicans there cheering him on I'm sure he felt a bit more at home not as much as home as he will do in two weeks time of course at the Mexican Grand Prix but him and Verstappen performed brilliantly I would say Verstappen probably one of his best races that he's ever done um yeah it was a shame that they couldn't have a battle but Max withstood even more pressure and he doesn't seem to crack do you think that he will crack now that he's got kind of two fingers on that that trophy and it's almost his to lose or do you think that he'll continue in the way that he's been I think he'll continue I don't see him cracking at all I've not you know I don't remember any time that Max has really cracked under pressure certainly not since about 2018 
I don't think it'll come down to either driver cracking, really. I think it'll just be a straight-up fight to the finish. Unless, of course, he gets Oconned in Brazil. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't think even Ocon's not that stupid to do that that time round and knock him off. Um, think of the controversy. No, but I think that would it happen. would be quite funny. It would be hilarious. Yeah, I'd laugh Just, for, forever. Um, <laughs> so we're referring to the moment in the 2018 Brazilian Grand Prix, was it? Yeah. Where yeah. Ocon was being lapped or oh, by Verstappen, but then tried to unlap himself and ended up knocking Verstappen round giving Hamilton the lead and the win of the Grand Prix. Luckily for Verstappen there, he wasn't fighting for a championship. But, Jimmy, it would be quite something if it did happen. Who was your biggest winner? Are you going to join me on the Red Bull train? Um, I'm going on along that theme, but I'm going to say Max Verstappen. Um, because if Hamilton had got past Verstappen, he would have been um, one... Uh, point ahead of <laughs> one point ahead of um, Max. So, so from that point of view, it was crucial that Max won, and now the the leads twelve points in the drivers' championship, um, which is it, it, it's surmountable. Um, however, um, psychologically, that's two race wins for Hamilton with Verstappen finishing second. You've got to factor in potentially another engine as well for Hamilton. Um, so, I think uh, Max winning. Uh, was crucial it was a big blow wasn't it yeah massive and do you think that Max Verstappen is now favorite to win this championship Jimmy um I hate to say it uh but unfortunately yes this is the first time that Jimmy has thought this yeah. which is a concerning thing if you're a Hamilton fan yeah now, it is Hamilton has said on Instagram since it took him a while to come out and, and say anything on social media but what he did say is it's not over which is a good observation, um, given that there's a quarter of a season to go. It doesn't feel like a quarter of a season, though. And the thing to remember also is that the Middle East, a lot of people are saying are going to be Mercedes tracks, although they said that about the United States Grand Prix, mm -hmm. and look what happened there. Maybe this is just a Red Bull tactic, make Mercedes feel more com comfortable than they are and then just beat them anyway. Um, there was plenty of Christian Horner, wasn't there, with celebrities on um, Sunday. What did you think of that, Jimmy? It was hilarious. Um, was it Sh Shaquille O'Neal? Uh, yeah, Shaq. Shaq, yeah. He looked like an absolute little man compared to Shaq, didn't he? He probably makes most men feel quite small, but Horner's not the, the biggest chap in the world. And I think his nickname's Little Jack as well. Um, what, Horner? yeah. I think so. I'm not sure. Maybe See, it just that shows up. that you are a, you are actually a fan of his. If you know that, <laughs> no, I, wouldn't that. <laughs> I, I wouldn't say that. Definitely. Jealousy is love and hate at the same time, Jimmy. Exactly. Yeah, I'd have to take your word on that one. Um, but yeah, um, there's loads of different celebrities there. I think my favourite probably would have been Ben Stiller. He's a brilliant actor, you know. In uh, he was more down to earth. Uh, most of them wasn't he he was yeah i think brundle tried to get a word with uh serena but yeah the williams sisters weren't playing ball were they no they weren't no definitely not yeah good pun thank you um anyway joe's not impressed with that but let's see who he was impressed with with his biggest winner oh, i'm gonna make it a 
trio of Red Bull, I guess, because I think after... I think everyone thought Mercedes had finally found that thing that they needed to win the championship going into this race. And then all of a sudden, Red Bull looked just as fast as them. So it has to be Red Bull. They, Yeah, exactly. Um, they've, clo- they've closed the gap considerably in the Constructors' Championship with the 1-3, as opposed, uh, you know, Bottas finished well down the order. Um, so, yeah, by far the biggest winners from from this weekend, I think. Let's move on then. Uh, Jimmy, we'll go to you. We've talked about Red Bull being the biggest winners. Is it a similar theme or a similar idea in terms of the championship battle when it comes to the biggest loser? Uh, I'm afraid it is. Um, And the biggest loser for me was Lewis Hamilton. He had an amazing time in the US before. He's won the championship. He's won quite a few races. Don't quote me on the, the exact number. Um, six out of nine. Well, yeah, six, six out of yeah. nine. Then, so yeah, it's very much his place to win a race, uh, and he loves America. I think he spends quite a lot of time in LA, um, and I really felt for him um, because it would have been brilliant, and it would have given him so much more confidence if he passed Verstappen uh, with a couple of laps to go, and you could just tell he was gutted because I think he genuinely thought he could win the race, and I did too. Um, so yeah, biggest loser, unfortunately. Lewis. That's that sounds like a sombre Lewis Hamilton fan. Um <laughs> indeed. Admitting defeat. It's not over, Jimmy. No, it's, it's not, not over. No. Remember what Lewis said himself. It's not over. Did you actually think that Lewis could pass Verstappen Joe in your heart of hearts? I don't know. It's uh I didn't think eight laps was quite enough advantage. I said it at the time. I think you know Eight laps newer tyres, it's faster, but it's not that much faster. So, yeah, I thought it was going to come down to the wire, um, but yeah, it's hard to overtake in these cars and it just wasn't quite enough advantage in the end. I wonder, I don't know, obviously someone's worked it out that it wouldn't have worked, but I'd have liked to see Mercedes try a three-stop. <laughs> yeah, that could have been interesting. Like in Budapest 2018. Yeah, nineteen. Nineteen. That would have been good. Yeah. Well, it it would have given him more of an advantage, but much more to do. Uh, Twenty seconds more. He he couldn't have done that though because Perez was so close, which shows how well Red Bull have been doing and Sergio Perez has been doing mm-hmm. to be stopping Hamilton playing with those those kind of tactics. To be fair though, on that note, I mean, once again, the pair of them finished forty seconds up the road from the nearest driver. And yeah. it just it just shows how how good those what what a different completely different level those two are to anyone else, I think. Yeah. That's Lewis and Max, yeah? Yeah. It was like they are on overdrive, wasn't it? Crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were pushing each other further on, weren't they? And that that's why I've said my biggest loser is not Lewis Hamilton, but it's Mercedes, because they, they couldn't get that pace together. They couldn't build on the great start to the weekend, mm-hmm. and they couldn't look after their tyres. Of course, it's not their fault completely, but it wasn't great with Bottas falling behind. It's like they're fighting... Um, and there's always something going wrong, like the engine re- once again being replaced for Bottas. That forced him to start further back. I suspect 
Hamilton will do a similar thing in Mexico, um, change his ICE again. And as a result, even though they were they did brilliant pit stops, decent strategy, there was just that one thing missing, that thing that had been make, making them such great champions for the last seven years. And that's ultimately why they were only a second and a bit behind uh, through Lewis Hamilton. So I would say that Lewis Hamilton drove a brilliant race and there's not a lot more that he could have done. Uh, maybe not go wide at turn 11 on one of the laps. Mm-hmm. But even so, that didn't guarantee him a chance uh, with Verstappen because they were going through back markers at the time and that that's a very variable thing. So woulda, coulda, shoulda, but it didn't happen. Um, Joe? Did you say your biggest loser, or do you want to now? I will now. Um, to be fair, I didn't think there were that many losers from the week. So, I mean, yeah, it was quite, like, no teams really, you know, lost a lot of Alpine. ground. Alpine. So, Maybe. yeah, that was that was one. But also, Nikita Mazepin, I went, like, I don't know, we just bring him up sometimes on a quiet week. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but... He was so far behind. Um, there was that practice session where he was his fastest lap was twenty or thirty seconds a lap slower than Mick Schumacher's, and they they were saying it was because he couldn't. Yeah, it was twenty because he in the whole hour he couldn't get a fast lap in without um, spinning track limits. Um, so yeah. Um, and then he was he was minutes behind in the race. His fastest lap was one and a half seconds slower than Mix in the race. Only only Latifi had a fastest lap within a second of Mazepin's. So, I mean, it does feel a bit like beating a dead horse at this point. But this weekend, especially coming towards the end of the season, you thought he'd got to grips with it a bit now. But it's pre- if you look at it, it's a pretty embarrassing performance this weekend. I would send you the Nico Rosberg meme with the fire in the background saying, is Mazepin's career over? <laughs> Unfortunately, I think he's got too much money to have a career ended. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. What I think's happened is he did a test, didn't he, in a Mercedes F1 car. And a Force India. Yeah, and that's like going from, you know... Um, having a, a prime steak to sort of eating out of a rubbish can, isn't it? So, you know... And that's why he's so bad at eating. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's sort of like driving more the, along the lines I was going for. Um, but yeah, he's tasted the best and he's now got the worst. It is a bit of a dog of the car, but still, Mick Schumacher is known for not being the best in his first year mm-hmm. in a series. So yeah. if this isn't... Mick Schumacher at his best. Yeah, and he's exactly, still yeah. one and a half seconds at the road. You know there's going to be issues for Nikita Mazepin. There's only so much money you can throw at it before it still doesn't stick to the wall. I don't know if I'm mixing up metaphors there. I probably am. But I think it works. So we will move on to the moment of the race. Joe, give us yours. Or the moment of the weekend. Well, it will be the race. Um, so... There was an absolutely amazing uh, first couple of laps battle between McLaren and Ferrari, um, which is, you know, I mean, those two teams are so, so close right now. Um, And 
you know, they went three abreast going into the corner. They had to give each of the places back. They were side by side for so long. Um, and it's just great. It's great to see those two, like, classic teams of F1, probably the two most iconic team. Do you, they're, they're the two most iconic teams of all time. And, you know, seeing them go side by side, really fighting for it was just, uh, it's great stuff. They're, they're the teams that we grew up on, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. definitely. And I think pretty much any fan of any age, um, they're the two teams. You know, there's well, never been sort of 10 years without one of them being at the top, at least, if not both of them at the top. So, mm. yeah. Of course, there's that, that Sebastian Vettel quote. Everyone's a Ferrari fan, even if you say you're not a Ferrari fan, you're a Ferrari fan. Well, is that now the same case for McLaren? Because in the in the global survey, McLaren were the most popular team. Yeah, it'd be, imagine if, uh, I mean, I know we're, we're being treated to a very close title battle, but can you imagine if Mercedes and Red Bull weren't in how it would be even closer, I think, probably, like between four drivers. It's true. It's very true. But if you're going to have Hamilton and Verstappen in any championship, I feel like Leclerc as well in the right car. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe a bit on him later. They they are a, a golf apart. They are the true talents of our sport. Not that the others aren't talented, other mm-hmm. than Nikita Mazepin. Um, but they, they're just on that. Just that next level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So it was a great start to the race. I'm going to talk about the end as my moment of the race because, wow. As we were talking about earlier, it was a nail-biter. Hamilton was coming back at Verstappen. He was trying to get in that one-second gap so that he could, or within that one-second gap, so that he could get DRS, leave it late on, on the brakes and have an overtake for the lead on the last lap. And it nearly happened. It was tense. It was exciting. I was gripped, even though it was nearly 10pm at night our time. And you know that I love an early night, Joe. Absolutely. Um, I was I was well up for that. And I've got to say, those last few laps were stunning. Even though we didn't get our overtake, of course, it was still very intriguing. Jimmy, what was your moment of the race? Or the weekend? My moment of the race, of the weekend... Um, although I've said that Lewis Hamilton is uh, the biggest loser, my moment of the weekend was him cruising up the inside of Verstappen at the first corner. I thought that was very sort of Rosberg-esque um, move. I don't know, was it 2015? Similar to the move he did on Rosberg in 2015. Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. But, but Ros- It was a perfect start, wasn't it? Yeah. Make I- the stamp, send it. Yeah. Well, it wasn't even that because it was uphill. As long as you have the the inside line for that corner, you've got the upper hand, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, um, it was a it's a great move, and I have to say, fair play to Verstappen as well because there was no contact, and he sort of knew the place was given up. He defended it hard, but he didn't do it unfairly, and I think we have to give a bit of credit to Verstappen for that. Yeah, and to Sergio Perez that gave Verstappen second place. Perez could have taken second place if he really wanted to. Um, coming out of turn one and going into turn two and all the S's. Um, But of course, he played the team game, so fair play to him on that. But yeah, great move by Lewis Hamilton. And you knew that in that move happening that the race would be more interesting because without that, Verstappen would have 
been three or four seconds at the road. He couldn't have been undercut. Lewis was slow in that first stint. So that's probably what made the race, that little dive at the inside. Moving on, we're going to talk about our honourable mention now. Mine goes to the United States. Quite a big thing, I know, the United States. But I want to credit them where it's due because they've finally taken on board Formula One. It seems, as we said earlier, like we have broken through and the crowd, the interest from all over. It's something that is great for Formula One, uh, for business, but also it brings exciting people to the track. And it, it doesn't just do that. It brings fans, which in itself creates a better atmosphere mm -hmm. for us to watch the sport that we all love. And now we can invite more people to come and enjoy it too um it's much better to watch that that u.s grand prix or the zandvoort race compared to a race where it's in the middle of a desert somewhere with one or two princes watching or something like that like no offense to the princes but not interested <laughs> in, in them and they, they don't make a roar like a like a drunken u.s fan or dutchman um so yeah really enjoyed seeing Formula One break through. Um, also, it seems that part of the advice that I, I provided with my dissertation is starting to come to fruition. So I'm sure they read, read it. That. <laughs> it just shows that your dissertation at university does matter. Just ask Joe and Jimmy. They're trying to figure out theirs now. Anyway, Jimmy, what was he or who is getting your honorable mention my honorable mention will be charles leclerc um i thought he drove a very sort of sensible race um and he had pretty not uneventful but he was so good he just went down the road and left you know ninths um science norris oh, and <laughs> <laughs> a combination of the two yeah ninth cardo yeah exactly so <laughs> Norris, Ricardo, and Sainz. Um, he just left them uh, for dead. But yeah, he drove a fantastic race and it was a very sort of mature race. Um, and yeah, he's a, he's a brilliant driver. And um, and yeah, very good race for him. Is he as good as Max Verstappen, Jimmy? I think so. In the same machine. I think the field, if they all... I know Formula 1's not sort of perfect and, you know... Um, and there's sort of different cars and all that sort of stuff and faster cars and all, all that sort of thing. It's quite a silly thing to say. Um, but I think that, um, that there's a lot of talent in F1. So Russell at Mercedes, um, Leclerc, Norris is a great driver. Um, Ricardo, although he's found it quite difficult at, at, at McLaren, um, I think they'd all give Verstappen and Lewis a run for their money um, if they had similar machinery. Mm. What about you, Joe? I think we've already said what we think, that Hamilton, Leclerc and Verstappen are in an upper echelon. Definitely. That, that's no disrespect to the others. They're just yet to prove it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think I think Russell could be in that. Um, potentially. Potentially. Um, we'll have to see him in the car. Um, but yeah, I just think, I think those three definitely and a potential George Russell are just in a slightly different bracket. But then Ricardo is a great driver, but he's also going to stick around because he's such a great personality mm -hmm. for the sponsors. Yeah. Only Ricardo would 
maybe you might get Lewis doing that sort of thing, but Ricardo is one of the few people that would not wear any McLaren gear to go out to the trap parade, but instead sport some cowboy boots, a cowboy hat, mm-hmm. and a, a Texas Longhorns basketball shirt. It just seemed right. And as a result, that's why he's doing things. I, I think I saw he's going to be on the Ellen show next week. Um, he's the sort of person that has got so many people into Formula One, even though he's not necessarily fighting at the front every week. He's one of the faces of F1, and it's great to see him. Anyway, that was my Ricardo appreciation minute. Over to Joe with his appreciation or honourable mention. As For Daniel it. Ricardo again. Um, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk more about his on-track exploits. Um, so, yeah, um, this is the first weekend in a while where Daniel has been faster than Norris all weekend. Um, e- even in, like, Monza, I think probably Lando was faster. It's just Daniel got track position. Mm. Um, but yeah, Daniel was clearly faster than his teammate all weekend. He finished ahead of Science, which is important for the constructors thing. P five's a really good performance. Finished ahead of Bottas as well, even though he didn't like have to do that much to do that. Um, but yeah, really good all round performance. And Jimmy's already taken Charles Leclerc, so I think Daniel Ricciardo definitely deserves a mention for his performance this weekend. Great shout! No, nothing wrong with supporting Danny Rick, although. Norris just had an off weekend, um, has not talked too much about that. He, it was weird that his fastest lap in qualifying was on medium tyres in the second session rather than on softs in the final one. Something yeah. obviously wasn't quite right there. He'll be back soon though, I'm sure. Joe, we'll stick with you because I want to know what your AJ on the line line of the week was. So, we'll give it a bit of a context first. Um... So about three laps or so prior to this line, um, Kimi Raikkonen pulls off a, an overtake on Fernando Alonso. Now, I think it was a perfectly fine overtake because Fernando pushed him off the track. I think it would have been very harsh to make Kimi Raikkonen give that back. So I'm going to disagree with Fernando here. But Fernando, sensing an opportunity to, uh, you know, exploit the rules a bit, um, realize oh, we can overtake off track now, can we? So Fernando decides to break about fifty meters too late, overtake by go like just going straight off the track, um, and celebrates it. And you you know he knows <laughs> that he's done a totally, totally illegal move, but still he goes yes over the radio as if it's like the best move he's ever done in his life um and then and then you get this brilliant bit where his engineer is talking to the michael massey and he says so he's it's just so much sarcasm uh, so you're allowed to uh, overtake off the track now are you um because that's what's just happened um so yeah did he get a penalty for it in the end he had to give it back didn't he oh no he retired in the end so it didn't matter yeah he he did retire, so yeah. But it's just, I mean, it's so Fernando. It's a forty-year-old acting for. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think Giovinazzi had to give a place back as well, didn't he? Because he overtook off the track. It was they were just swapping places. They weren't really overtaking. It was just the stewards telling them what to do. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, my Michael Massey was having none of it. He was just going, you know, thanks for letting us know. Do you think they would have spoken to Charlie Whiting like that? I don't know. It's, it's I, I'm not sure what would have happened really. It's a it, shame we don't well, have more. It is fascinating, clips of that. isn't it? Like the interactions between the teams. I think it's slightly a bit sort of playground sort of mentality yeah. it's like look mm-hmm. what they you've did got, you've got to play the game yeah yeah it's like and that's what i mean it was clear it was clear that that engineer even didn't believe what he was saying when he was saying so you're allowed to overtake so you're allowed to overtake off the track well raikkonen did it it was i mean it was so obvious that raikkonen's move was fine and alonso's wasn't but he was just playing the game and it could have worked and so you you know it's like who's the chap at Red Bull, who's always on the, the blower to Michael, <laughs> telling him what he should do. Oh, the sporting director. I know that was Alan Permain for Alpine, but Christian Horner's quite good at it too, isn't he? Jonathan mm-hmm. Wheatley, isn't as, he? As, it, as is Toto Wolf. Yeah. Yeah, they're yeah, all good as Toto Wolf sends emails instead. <laughs> <laughs> Far less aggressive. <laughs> Did you get my email? <laughs> yeah. I was, like, was going to say something. It might have been insightful. It probably wasn't going to be. Um, but yeah, great shout for the AJ on the line line of the week, Joe. But we'll move on to Jimmy with your AJ on the line line of the week. So my AJ on the line line of the week uh, was when Toto Wolf was doing a uh, interview uh, with the guys at Sky F1. And Simon Lazenby was sort of talking about some technical issues with the engine. Um, and I didn't quite know what he understood. I don't think himself himself knew what he was talking about. Um, and then uh, Toto said uh, to Simon, "Somebody is feeding you," which I thought was hilarious. Um, and it shows a very straight talking Toto. And uh, I like that about Toto, as you both know. I don't know if that's allowed in this podcast. You can bleep him out. Yeah, I will. Don't worry. Good. Right. That was also good. We all we always love a bit of Toto Wolf. Who doesn't? Well, probably Christian Horner. Uh, but we could do a whole other podcast episode on those two and their handbags. My AJ on the line, line of the week, though. First of all, I'm going to shout out Martin Brundle and his grid walk because it's great to have him back on the grid, getting amongst it, asking random people questions just before one of the greatest shows on earth starts up and the lights go out and there's tension there's excitement there's glitz there's glamour and one of the people that martin brundle came across was the rapper uh, megan the stallion anyway martin not really familiar with her work but he knew enough that she was a rapper went along to try and have a chat with her and Um, ask her who she was supporting how she's doing anyway he first of all got pushed back by a security guard but he told the security guard yeah she wants to speak to me she's happy to speak to me that's fine and then he asked her this isn't the line of the week by the way but it's a great video to go and watch he asked her to do a bit of a rap about formula one um which is funny in itself, and she she laughed it off and said no, and then her her security guards pushed Martin Brundle away and said, you can't do that. And Martin Brundle, this is the line of the week, said, I can because I did. (laughs) I love that sass. I want 
that confidence anywhere. Like, if you could be Martin Brundle out in the streets, happy to talk to anyone, whatever they're going to say, that's brilliant. Um, I just talked earlier about how she tried, how he tried to have a chat with Serena Williams and got, in fact, he got blanked by her twice in the same grid walk. That is what we'd be missing. There's so many great moments from that, and he invented it. Thank God we've got Martin Brundle back on the grid where he belongs, as well as the commentary box, where he also does a superb job. It's quite an unusual name, isn't it, Megan the Stallion? I have to say, I'd never heard of her before, and I thought it's quite odd because a stallion is a male horse. Have you heard of the word, Have you heard of the song WAP, Jimmy? No, I can't yes, say. Yes, you have. Whap. Surely you Whap. have. You can't be that immune to popular culture. WAP. <laughs> I'm going to put it in YouTube. No, do not do that. No, don't. No. Don't put it in YouTube. Okay, I won't. Um, so is it a song? Yeah, she, she's brilliant. Yeah, she's oh, brilliant okay. at what she does. Um, and Martin's brilliant at what he does. And it was it was a uniting of two different cultures and communities that you didn't think were going to meet. To be fair, right? right why do they need bodyguards on the grid? Surely, ev- surely everyone on that grid has been like security checked and yeah. all that like you're not gonna get a have been attacked by an engineer are you like <laughs> with a pit gun yeah no. to be fair to megan she a few months ago got shot by tory lanes who's not been um arrested at all actually shot with a gun <laughs> yeah oh, right. at a party what sort of party does she go to crikey i don't think martin brundle's gonna shoot anyone there no. I mean, I'll be very surprised if I'm proved wrong. I think it's I think it's just to massage the ego of the celebrity. It's like say, oh, I need a bodyguard because somebody might come and attack me. Because to I'm be so fair, good. Lewis Hamilton's got a bodyguard. Yeah, they are quite high net worth individuals as well. So not on the grid, though. True. Yeah. <laughs> what I don't understand is why you would go to a Formula One race and not. It's like why are you going yes you might be going to enjoy it like ben stiller he still has a chat with martin brundle mm-hmm. but surely the reason that someone like megan the stallion's going she might like formula one she might not but it's very much to do with her brand right mm-hmm. getting out in the public domain so surely someone can explain to her explain to serena williams look this is one of the biggest feeds going to the english-speaking world Make sure you just have a chat or acknowledge him. Megan the Stallion wasn't like pushing him away. She she interacted with him, but the security guards need to think that one through as well because that microphone is not a weapon. It, it's a way to to promote, and it seemed a bit odd, really. But yeah, who knew that we would be talking about Megan the Stallion and Martin Brundle coming together <clears throat> on this podcast? I didn't, but I'm glad that we are. <laughs> Rory McIlroy is quite nice as well. He is my favourite yeah. celebrity, I reckon, Especially along with Ben Stiller. He was he was second fiddle to Serena Williams. Yeah, like he was talking to Serena. Martin said, "Serena, can we have a word?" And once she said no, <laughs> he went back to Rory, and Rory was waiting and more than obliging. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's a top chap, Rory. Nice guy. Yeah, he is, and. I felt that it was fitting that 
um, as an Irishman, he was with the Aston Martin team, which of course used to be Jordan. It's got those Irish ties, hasn't it? Let's move on then, because that United States Grand Prix was brilliant, but we've got a Mexican GP coming up soon. I thought it was this weekend it would make sense, given that, as Jimmy's discovered, it's just across the border, but it's in two weeks' time. Um which really doesn't make sense, but anyway, no, it doesn't at all. It, it means that we can have a bit of a week off to reflect and recover from such a great race in Austin. Um, what are we thinking for the Mexican Grand Prix, though? Jimmy, we'll start with you. What's your sensible prediction? My sensible prediction uh, would be a uh, Red Bull win, unfortunately. Yep, I've gone there too with a oh, Red I've gone Bull there one too. too. <laughs> so yeah, it's a, it's a Red Bull stronghold in it that track. So it's a real shame, but you know it's what's going to happen, isn't I it? I mean, so. but but to be fair, we've seen a lot of tracks be the reverse this year. So we'll just have to see. Mm. Exactly, and there's that long straight, and of course the Mercedes have that mm-hmm. device. It works, although it will be less efficient in the higher altitude. Mm-hmm. Um, but having so. a good top end speed anyway will probably be good for Mercedes, so we'll have to see. Yeah, and it might help them in terms of recovering from the engine penalty that Lewis Hamilton seems as though he's going to take. Mm-hmm. I have said in my bold prediction that Hamilton, despite his penalty, is going to score 16 points, get the fastest lap. Get Mm -hmm. third place wrapped up. Um, Yeah, it seems fairly boring, but I still want to see that race and maybe more if if anything can happen because, as the great Murray Walker did say, anything can happen in Formula 1, and it often does. Um, But he also said there is one thing catching and another thing overtaking, which rang true this weekend. Mm -hmm. Joe, what is your Banzai bold prediction um i'm gonna like contradict myself here um but yeah you can contradict yourself i'll do it um i i'm gonna go for a ferrari win um because you look at i mean you say it's a i mean well i say it's a red bull stronghold but you look at the previous years it's always been ferrari have always finished really well um here so yeah i just got i just think charles leclerc gonna Pull one out of the bag. You've got a good point there. But I want to ask, do you think if Perez is leading that Mexican Grand Prix and he's asked to move aside for Max, does he leave it as late as possible? Oh, that's a tough one. That's... What would you do? I don't know. You've got to let him pass for your job. I'd ignore him. I'd ignore... If it was Silverstone and there's somebody behind me saying, all right, you know, you need to let your teammate pass, I'd tell him to bugger off. You know, Do- if he gets past me, then yeah, fine. but then you could but be I'm sacked. Let him pass. Yeah, but he's got a contract for two years, hasn't he? So it's all right. You can still be sacked. Yeah, but I mean, it, it's if Max wins the title, still doesn't matter. Mm. But what if it's the difference between him winning the title or not? Then it's it's more for us to talk about on the AJ <laughs> on the Line podcast, isn't it? Come on, Checo, do it for us. Do it for everyone, Jimmy. Your Banzai prediction, please. My Banzai prediction is more hope than anything, and that's that Verstappen <laughs> and Perez crash. Oh, my God. Or Imagine that. Yeah, come together, maybe turn one, maybe another turn, 
Um, <laughs> and yeah, <laughs> maybe probably, on a straight. Yeah, maybe <laughs> anywhere. Anywhere will do. Perez um, is too sensible for that, though, Jimmy. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know. It's just, it's just hope more than anything. To do be you reckon honest. Perez takes pole position? He's trying to hold, hold it out wide in that that first bit, and then Max loses it and goes into him, or yeah, or he loses it and goes into Max. I think the best case scenario for Lewis is Perez on pole, Hamilton second, Verstappen third or fourth probably third, Hamilton gets past Perez and then Perez has got Verstappen behind him because I'm not sure how it will play out. I don't know if Perez would let Verstappen past. You're right, but I feel like Hamilton's going to be starting from sixth as at best, probably lower because of the penalty for his engine. It's a good point, so yeah. With that being said, what's the best case scenario for Lewis Hamilton? Uh, Bottas pole, Bottas keeps pole, holds them up. Ferrari doing well. Ferrari win. Yeah. Yeah. To be honest, it could happen to potentially because, as Jay said, might be a strong track for Ferrari. So, Yeah, well, they're good through the high-speed corners and there's a really high-speed section in Mexico, isn't there? Mm-hmm. But then again, yeah. there's the really tight, twisty section with the long straight, so McLaren could be right up there mm. too. It's going to be interesting between those two teams. Who can come out on top? Well, in third, mm-hmm. as it were. And it'll be interesting to see how the Mercedes and Red Bull uh, story continues. I almost feel like there's still a twist in this tale that that none of us are ready for yet. Hmm. I can't I can't put my finger on what it might be, but oh, I'm not saying I'm ready for it because I'm not. <laughs> I, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> it is exciting. It is. I just hope that. Mercedes pick themselves up and can be, you know, a, a competitor to Verstappen. You want it to go down to the last race, ideally, don't you? Definitely. Definitely. And a lot of people will be watching that. Um, listen, it's been great to talk about the US Grand Prix, the Mexican Grand Prix and Formula One in general. So thank you very much for listening wherever you are. And thank you to Joe and Jimmy for your insight which was brilliant as ever. For more content, head over to ajontheline.com and whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or anywhere else, please do leave us a rating and a review. Let us know in the reviews what you thought of the US Grand Prix. Is it going to be Max's title? And also, follow me on Instagram. It's adamjw 44 Let me know in the DMs what you want to find out about Formula One on my F1 Explained videos that we're doing too. But also let me know what else you want to hear from us. What do you think of the podcast? So with a quarter of the season left to go, is it Max? Is it Hamilton? Only the racing gods know and we look forward to finding out together. 